Aren't you glad he's alive? Aren't you glad he's alive? Hallelujah. God bless you. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Wow, what a night we had last night. Amen. Amen. Maybe tonight you'd like to say, Lord Jesus, would you come by my place where I'm at now? Almighty God, how we love you with all of our hearts. Lord, we thank you for what we feel even now. Lord, the sacredness and the power of this very moment even now. You have gathered us from many various places. Lord, you come to meet us. This is not just a normal meeting. This is where God gathers with his children. And Lord, as we surrender to speak your word tonight, what you've laid on our hearts, I ask you now that you would just send it to the designated place, its very target. And Lord, may the word of God destroy the works of Satan. May he be put on notice that he is defeated. As a prophet of God would tell us that he don't have the keys to his own house. Stripped at Calvary. So may we stand as a reminder of that fact today. Hallelujah. May you come and bless this audience. Bless Brother Tim, his precious wife and his family. Brother Timothy and the ministers that are here. Bless this audience, Father, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you this evening. So good to be in the house of the Lord with you. Amen. Amen. Good to be here. So good to see you again. And it seems like only just a couple of days ago, some of you were at my place. And I'd like to thank you for coming and being with us. And boy, didn't your pastor do well. Amen. And I just, I, I just uh, deem it an incredible uh, blessing of the Lord that I have a great friend like Brother Tim and many of you. So good to see Brother Jason here tonight. And amen. Thank you for coming. Each and every one of you, won't you just turn to your neighbor, thank you for coming. Amen. That might be out of order, but that's okay. I, I, get, I get guilty sometimes. Amen. Sister Connie, thank you for coming. Amen. Boy, I enjoyed last night. I so enjoyed last night. And, and I just know as this meeting builds, the word of God will build and our hearts will be overjoyed. And Amen. So I took much home from last night and, and just pondered over it and loved it and, and cherished it and we rejoiced in it. What we saw God do last night. Amen. May it only continue and go greater tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 1. I'd like to take a thought this evening about a people that are standing here in this building. And I'd like to just kind of theme this thought tonight. You're armed and dangerous. I think we ought to put Satan on notice. 
He needs a, just a real good fair warning that we are armed and we're dangerous. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 1. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee. And he will destroy these nations from before thee. And thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee as the Lord hath said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did unto Shion and Og and the kings of the Amorites under the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face and ye shall that ye may do unto them according to, to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, and he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the, the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, and he will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. You may be seated this evening. Brother Branham says, You are more than able to supply every need. You who could take Daniel out of the lion's den and the Hebrew children out of the fiery furnace that could open up the Red Sea and could walk on dry land, that could raise Lazarus from the dead and take Elijah home in a chariot. That's quite a sentence and a mouthful. Oh God, thou hast never failed. I'd like to report to you tonight that he still has that record. Hallelujah. He still has that record. I'd like to call on call witness tonight. The devil knows. He still has that record. Romans 8 and verse 28. Very familiar and very personal to many of us. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. He's an infinite God. He knowed when we would be born. He pre-planned you coming on the scene for this hour. Are you with me? It's not a man that chose you. God chose you. You're not just the thought of a man or some, some accident of humanity. You are God's thought expressed on the earth. That once was a thought in his mind. But now you're a living physical attribute of God. Not just to look pretty. Not just to do it to see if he could do it. He didn't make a tree just to see if he could make a tree. He had a purpose in doing it. God just didn't make you to see if he could do it. He had a purpose in doing it. He knew what day you'd be born. What hour you would be born. He knew the color of your eyes. He knew your complexion. He knew your weaknesses and complexes that you would have to fight. But he didn't send you here just defenseless. He gave you the greatest weapon that he could possibly give you. He didn't send you down here hopeless, floundering through life, but you're an invincible army on the earth. You will overcome Laodicea. You will not just struggle through it and survive and get by, but we are the overcomers of Laodicea. Hallelujah. Let me just say, in the, great, in the great horse breeders of the world, they look for incredible potential. And they try to get seed that will contain all of this potential. But none of them can measure the heart of the animal and the desire of an animal. Isn't it amazing that God watched over you? And, and, and watched over your seed to get here in your natural lineages. But God knows what he deposited. This isn't a game to God. God knows what he placed on the inside of you. And how much damage that you do to Satan's kingdom. Hallelujah. Now remember in Romans 8, this is the writer that has done the church much damage as a man named Saul. But once he meets the author of the book and he realizes who Jesus is and his name gets changed. You were sometime alienated from the commonwealth of God as well. And in your old book, there was a lot of things that were written there that you are very sad that you even is still laying in your memory. But sometimes I believe that God allows that to continue to lay there so that you can be thankful for the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. But Paul, when he is facing, when he is facing a chop block, 
He's not writing a pity part. He is not writing somebody feel sorry for me. I'm going through an incredible problems. He's not writing from a computer room or a nice desk or a plush situation. He's in a dungeon. Let's just say he's armed and dangerous. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I don't care what your situation is tonight. I don't care what kind of trouble that you're in. If God be for us, not if Donald Trump be for us, not if the presidents of, of all of the nations be for us, I could care less about all of them. But if God is for me, he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now listen, Paul is having a court trial. Brother Branham had a court trial. Paul's having one. And he's telling the devil, I want to put you on notice. No matter how powerful your demons are, all of your charges won't be held against us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, volumes of millions of books have been written about tribulations and troubles of man. None of them can separate us. Distress. Persecution, famine. He's got to be scratching his head in hell right now. Peril of sword. As it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long and we're accounted as sheep for a slaughter. Nay, in all of these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. He comes to a conclusion now. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a scripture I just want to drop to you, and it's just a theme thought for the night. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things. I want you to read this with me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I've not come to give you a motivational sermon. I've come to remind you of who you are. I shouldn't have to motivate you. This word ought to inspire you. When you become reminded of who you are, 
and how powerful that you are and what a position that you have on the earth. I'm not talking about what you see in the mirror. I'm not talking about what you feel with your hands or feel with your emotions, but what God deposited on the inside of our hearts. Brother Branham said, Church of the Living God here and on tape too. Do you know where you stand? Do you know what you're called of God? And the Holy Spirit reigns in your heart. And every word of God is real to you. Oh, brother, how is Satan going to stand against that? How is he going to stop that from growing? How is he going to keep them signs from following it? Why, you could throw them in jail. Hey, if you could, I don't care what you do. They done tried it. They rotted in jails. They were fed to the lions. They were sawn asunder. They were jerked to pieces. You can't kill it. He said, write a church that's predestined those who he foreknow. Like he did Jesus, he has called those who he called. He has justified. And those who he had justified, he has already glorified. Predestinated. And he says, now in these last days with every seed sowed, everything in order, the world is in its order. The time is shaped up. The church is in its order. The seed, the evening lights, the signs are like, he said, as it was in the days of Sodom, an angel of God, the Holy Spirit coming down, moving, performing signs that he did then. Malachi 4 promised that he would sin in the last days that he promised. And we see all that right here. Where? Where? I want to ask you, what are we seeing even amongst us now? I say he's among us. Brother David, he did this for you. Amen, 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 amen. Do you love him? Amen. He said, sure, right here in these last days, a predestinated church. Knowing where she's standing. They're standing sowed with the seed and the Holy Spirit in the church. And now I love this next words. Satan, be careful. I want you to understand many people think that they have the same thoughts that this message says, but they wasn't predestinated to it. Many people have a recipe or a good idea Give you, for instance, many people had the same opinion that Abraham Lincoln had. They had the same thoughts, the, th- the same political ideology that they had. But he was the man that was predestinated to step to a moment at Gettysburg. And another man stood there for two hours and gave great oratory. Nobody remembers his name or even the theme of his thought. But Abraham. 
Abraham Lincoln because he was predestinated and he was ordained and elected to stand in that spot. The whole world and memorials all over the world echo the words that he said. Because of who you are. Because of who you are. The angels are in order. Politics has came to order. World armies have come to order. Because the bride of Jesus Christ is standing in her place, taking her position. And I say that it's because of who you are. What once was a thought is now standing in mortal flesh. What once was a book or tape or a good quote is now living. Listen to Brother Branham. He said, have faith in God. Well, Brother Ron, but thousands of preachers said that. That's right. He said, oh my, how the, how that the devil has to recognize the supreme authority of Jesus Christ. Not me. He hates me. He don't have to mind me, but he has to mind who I represent. He has to mind who sent me here. I would like to just let you know and all the bloggers and all the critics, Lucifer believes this message. I want you to know this might be disappointing to all of the ones that's written everything against the message. Your boss, he believes this message. What about this and what about that? Oh no, he stood there night after night. Hundreds of thousands of times did he stand there. And not one time could he defeat it. He couldn't do it then. And I want to say it. He can't do it now. set man. He's got dark rim glasses. The other doctor's a tall slender man. He's, he's got your stomach in his hands. 
and he's shaking his head. That patient didn't see that. It was the same Melchizedek sign that looked in the Garden of Eden and saw that Eve was blonde-headed and watched them walk out of the Garden of Eden and God call them back and wrap sheepskins around and make a way for them to come back. The same as he watched Jesus go to Bartimaeus. The same as he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and call him forth from the grave. And Brother Branham stand there with authority and said, had he not called Lazarus by name, he would have called a general resurrection. Could Satan stop it then? No. Listen, Brother Branham said, he hates me. But he has to mind who I represent. Let's just remember just for a moment. He told two years before the boy was killed on the accident with the bicycle. Two years. Write it down in the flyleaf of your Bible. Two years. I see a vision. Gives description of the area. And he's got the most critical people with him. Preachers. And even Brother Branham turns and walks away. And the angel of God has to remind him. And he goes and asks. He asks some of the other men. He said, did you see that boy in the prayer line? Or did you see him? Did you see him in the meetings? No. He said, I've seen him before. And the angel reminds him to go get his Bible and opens to the fly leaf. Are you with me now? And he recognizes where he's standing. Or if we can recognize where we're standing. Or if we can recognize where we're standing. We're not just standing here to look at an accident. But he's standing there. And he walks up to that place. There's not another preacher. I challenge. There's not another preacher on record that two years before has a vision of such an accident and then walks upon and he says, he said, if this boy is not off of the ground in five minutes, call me a false prophet. It wasn't just this dimension had to take notice, but another dimension had to take notice. There's a resurrection coming. And that dimension has to take notice because of we are here. The dimensions are drawing closer and closer together because there's a gathering happening. Now, can I borrow Brother Branham's words? And I'm not going to go too far because there's too many scarecrows. But I'm going to go far enough. And I'm going I'm to quote this again. Have faith in God. Oh my, how the devil has to recognize the supreme authority of Jesus Christ. Not me. He hates me. 
He don't have to mind me, but he has to mind who I represent. He has to mind who sent me here. Brother Ron, but that's Brother Branham's words. No, they're your words. Brother David Mayer has a lady in his church, and she's a real believer. And as a believer, she's sitting in a restaurant, and a man falls he falls with a heart attack, and he's dying with a heart attack. She just didn't sit in her booth, and she's an elderly woman. She just didn't sit in her booth and sit there, oh, isn't that horrible? Isn't this a but God moved on her. God moved on her. And she recognized the badge of authority, and she wrote a check, and she got down and began to pray for that man. And God brought his life back. I'd like to say this to you. I find this absolutely astonishing. Here in this meeting, I wrote this down before the fire alarms went off today. Satan knows that Jesus is on his way to this service. And he knows there's nothing he can do to stop it. He was on his way to Abraham's tent. frustrations of a, of a wife and Brother Branham begins to explain it as anything too hard for the Lord. He said it was Satan trying to block the visitation and that's what he tries to do. He tries to block the visitation even of a meeting like this. Are you with me? But even God asked Sarah is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to ask you now about the impossibilities in your mind. Is anything. Too impossible for God. Let me let me just stop here just for a moment. I'm a minister. That's, that's here with a little bit of experience. They said I'd never walk again because all of my vertebrae were busted. And they told me that I would never walk again. And my dad prayed. And many of you prayed. And I walked out of the hospital that night. They were going to harvest my organs in five hours. And I was laying in a, in a, in a literally a non-responsive condition. 
I'm going to harvest my organs in five hours. Your pastor stood in my pulpit and preached a sermon to our audience and said, God will have a testimony. Are you with me? A few years ago, I, I was here in a meeting where Sister Mariah was prayed for and she had been prayed for before, but that night she carried some bobby pins. Are you with me? He's the same God, Sister Elena. He's the same God. And that night, God visited Brother Aaron. But also, God gave us a vision that we'd have a baby in our family. My daughter was born with a, with a problem in her female organs. She, she could never have a baby. And God showed us that she would have a baby. Not just a baby, it would be a boy. And then, and then, and then my son-in-law was in an accident and he was crushed. He was crushed in his shoulders and his back and in his ribs and in his pelvis and in his, in his, in his legs. Let me just say, they, it crushed the pelvis area so bad until the first words the doctor said, you'll never have children. Do you not think that the enemy whispered in my ear? As I stood and heard that doctor tell him that you'll never have children. But I remember God made a promise. God made a promise. I find it sometimes kind of gets a little bit on the flesh when it gets toward your flesh. And the doctor says you're not going to live. It's easy to have faith for others, but what about you? What about the complexes? What about you sitting in this building tonight that hasn't met Jesus for your personal savior? And you've not given in because of a cigarette or because of alcohol or because of a woman or because of a man or because of pornography. You just can't go all the way. God specializes. He specializes in taking care. And he can take a lady that's had a prostitute pass and make a lady out of her. He can take a man that's been wicked and fell and fell and fell and fell and raise him up to be a real man. Don't tell me about impossibilities. Don't tell me God don't do that. I don't know who you are, but I tell you, God's on your trail. I say this in the name of the Lord. You've made commitment over and over again, but you just keep falling back. And you keep making excuses when you come to that spot. That spot of weaknesses that you can't overcome. I want to tell you there's a power in this building right now. building that's going to shake you from that thing that you'll never go back never go back never go back again don't tell me about some silly addiction 
I was homeless and a drug addict myself. But God rich in mercy. God rich in mercy grabbed a hold of my life and transferred my life. I didn't need a rehab. I just needed a transformation. Brother Ron, I need my marriage transformed. I need some real psychology in my life. You don't have to read dozens of books set in preachers' offices for month after month. You need a Holy Ghost. I'm here because... I came because I made up somebody a promise I'd be here. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're not accidentally here. You're just fighting with your own self-will. You're only fighting with your own self-will. And listen, God's going to get you. He's on your trail. I'm not going to call your name, but I'm after you. I could. I'm pausing now because one soul is worth 10 million worlds. It's worth more than 10 million worlds. After church, you can give me your excuse of why you choose hell over heaven. If you want to do that, you can give me your excuse. You say, well, Brother Ron, I can't do it. And you're right. You're right about one thing. You can't do it. But if you give your life to Jesus, this isn't some psychology. If you give your life to Jesus, this Jesus will overcome every day, every battle. One enemy at a time. One enemy at a time. He'll overcome for you. I'd like to say this. Hallelujah. God said, I got this. I got this. Now, I want you to understand, he has fought our family before. He has faced some like you. So let's just have a meeting since Satan's listening in. Let's just have a little meeting with him. Do you remember a man named Moses? With a stick. With a stick, opened up a sea. And over two million people crossed on dry land. Okay, explain that one away. 
And when you're done explaining that one away, explain away that the greatest army in the world followed them in the trench and was drowned. And while you're giving your bad reasoning and why you don't worship God, a woman grabbed the tambourine and she began to dance. I would say that's a dust storm worth dancing to. And she danced because of her enemy was defeated. The reason many people can't worship is they don't recognize that their enemy is defeated. David was a boy, was a teenager, like represented in this building, an elected, placed, ordained, predestinated teenager. And he didn't know too much about Saul's armor and all of its denominational affiliation or all of its psychology, but he knew about a slingshot. Now let me just say, Goliath had screamed and had won war after war, but he had never fought against one of God's kids. Satan can do a lot of things with Laodicea, but the moment that he picks on God's kids, So you want to pick on one of God's children? Music? Goliath had never fought a battle quite like this. That's the last sound he's going to hear. What about your alcoholic devil tonight? Pornographic devil tonight? Backslidden devil tonight? Religious actor's face tonight? Come on, church! We've got Samson in the desert. We've got him in a spot. He has nothing to grab. But they forgot about a jawbone of an ass. <laughs> and he may think he's got you in a desert. And he may think he's got you in a real dry spot. But the stupid devil. I know I'm not politically correct, so ain't no need changing now. That stupid devil didn't recognize that that jawbone in the hand of God was greater than all their honor. <laughs> Satan can develop a whole lot of things to try to deceive you with, but what you got in your hand, what you got in your hand, you are armed and extremely dangerous to his kingdom. 
You was predestinated to destroy the works of the devil. Brother Bram said he took him up on the mountain and set him down. And he rebuked him again with the word. He defeated Satan with the word of God. Showing that the weakest Christian. defeat Satan with thus saith the Lord. It is written. It is written. I would say as I was placing this quote, I thought to myself, how many thousand times has we as believers heard that quote? How many thousand times have we heard it? But if we don't use it, It don't mean anything. It's not just in case you need it. It's not just a pretty quote to look at. But it's your word to grab a hold of when the devil tells you you're nobody. When he goes ahead and puts every affixed Adjective that he can put on you. There we go with some big words. Against you telling you you're nothing. Remember what the prophet said. The weakest Christian. So if you find that you're at the end of the line. Brother Ron, I'm going to need a visual. Okay. When I was younger, they used to play pickup basketball. And so they would, I pick him, I pick him, I pick him, I pick him. I was always last. It's because of my height. I was always last. I don't care if I'm the last one picked. The word said I'm still the strong. My name is Spencer. In the alphabet, it comes toward the end. So in school, I was always at the end of the line. I could holler present, accounted for, I'm here. And I could sleep through A, B, C, D, all the way through to S. And recognize the guy in front of me and then I would go, here. I'm driving a point now. I don't care what the devil says about you. Of how little that you seem to be. The God in you is big enough to accept the challenge of the hour at any moment, at any time, under any conditions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch what he did. When he was on earth, he conquered, 
He conquered and possessed every gate that the enemy had. He promised by the word, he conquered it. He conquered the gate of sickness for us. That's what he came to do. And remember sick people, he conquered that gate. You don't have to conquer. He conquered it. The other men had to conquer their own gate, but you don't have to conquer. It's already conquered. He conquered the gate of sicknesses. And what did he do when he conquered the gate of sicknesses? Saying that he would, whatsoever you ask on earth, whatsoever you bind or bound on earth, he will bind in heaven. And he gave us the keys to the gate. He conquered the gate of temptation. By the word. And the keys was resist the enemy. And he'll flee from you. He conquered it all. He conquered sickness. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered death and hell. He conquered what others couldn't conquer because they're natural seed. And this is the spiritual seed. He conquered the grave. He rose on the third day for our justification. Brother Ron, we've heard that quote again hundreds of times. Well, just for the devil's sake, I'm reading it to him. And he knows. And he knows. Now, let me just say this to you. Why am I drier than that point? Many times we know that we need God. And we know. Let me just say, the preaching of the word calls out to your life. And maybe you were, were a person in a, in a meeting and Brother Brandon begins to go through a vision and you recognize that you were the one that fell off of the hay rake. And you've been paralyzed all these years. And you recognize he's talking about me. And maybe you're in a service on Sunday morning and Brother Tim has just dropped into a channel and he finds you and you go, it's me. It's not Brother Tim, it's God. Because he's already conquered it all. Brother Branham said, I wish I was twice my size. Now maybe I could feel twice as good. We are disputing with a conquered enemy. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Brown makes a statement that's very familiar to us all. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. God knows what he sent here for you to use today. I want to remind you of who you are. That's why these meetings are gathered. That's why they're important to be here. That's why we forsake not the assembling of the, of the gathering. We don't stay home because of who we are. We get ourselves in the spot. 
whether we feel like it or we don't feel like it. We walk into our spot. We take our pew. We begin to amen the word of God. We begin to raise our hands and defy gravity. And God begins to move on our hearts and our lives. And we erase every critical spirit, every jealous devil, every demon that keeps blocking us over and over and over and over again. Since this is early in the meeting, let me just go ahead and just deal with some things. Why can we spend decades in a church and still not overcome that little thing? You know that little thing. That little besetting sin or that little quirky human nature. That little thing that you get right up against and then it's as though you worship it. And make a religious sect out of it. I'm on target. I know that. I'm on target. And let me just let me just stop just a moment. You don't have to record this. God sent you some of the most powerful men on earth to preach to you. God sent you some of the most powerful men on earth to preach to you. Well, I'm going to to say it until your amens get better. God sent you some of the most powerful men on earth to preach to you. And some of them will stand here for a couple of hours and give much portion of their life to deliver their heart and their soul. Generations, decades have been put into that ministry. And we can sit and fold our hands. Look past your uncle. Look past your uncle. Look past your cousin. Look past your brother. Look past them and see God. So many times people want to take a microscope to a preacher. And don't realize that the microscope they're using will look at their life. Why <clears throat> you were amen a little while ago. What you don't realize, I was over the ocean and everybody can rejoice while the bomber's over the ocean. But now it's coming right up your address. The wings of the angel is coming by your door. 
Because this is a meeting to get us ready for our home going. There's some sweeping that's still got to go on in your life. Come on. You know, it's easy to point out the guy that's drinking and smoking and doing a little bit of all the things on the side and go, get him, Brother Ron, get him, Brother Ron. But what about you? What about you that's been a pretender? That uses quotes for your own advantage and hides behind the weakness that you've got and literally worships it. I'd say it's time to repent. It's time to take a hand grenade of the Holy Ghost and blow up the den of the devil and destroy his kingdom. Hallelujah! Last night we were visited by a special guest. And many of you are unaware of he was here. And I say this with all sacredness. He's here now. I want to say this to you now. You have armor. You have the greatest weapon. And we have no excuse. We have veterans, no doubt, that's sitting in the building now. And the United States Army gave them incredible weapons to go fight wars. And maybe in some conditions they didn't have the best, but it was the best that was available for the moment. When God sent you here, knowing the situation that you would be under, he knew the sickness or the disease that you'd be fighting or the complex that you'd be fighting even right now. And, he, and it's not a crisis meeting that God is having. He is trying to get to where you're at even now. Isn't that right? You came a long way. And you came with great need. Isn't that right? You're here, you're here for just more than a meeting. You've been specially invited here. Isn't that right? He's here to do a work. He's here to do a phenomenal work. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Can I give you one more quote? Are we okay? come back to you God's given every sick person in here divine healing sister Esther you're in the building sister Esther is she in the building my understanding you had a test today you're going to have another test tomorrow well the doctor's in the house now
Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and with his stripes we were healed. It's yours. But you'll have to fight for every inch you possess. Everywhere the soles of your feet travel, God told Joshua, I have given you. I have given you. Footprints means possessions. Let's move in tonight. Let's go in. Footprints is possession. Let's take every inch of ground that God give us. If you haven't got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Peter said, the promise is unto you and to your children, to them that's afar off, even as many as our Lord our God shall call. He's still calling. He's still calling. I don't know you, but he's still calling. Footprints is possession. Let's go get it. It's ours. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's possess it. The works that I do shall you do also. Let's possess it. It's God's promise. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look how hard it is. Let's possess it. Sister Carol Kinzer, we're not looking at the circumstances. We're not looking what the doctor says. We're not looking at how bad the cancer is. In the brain, in the lungs, on the hip, on the spine, in the, in the uterus, all over your body. You have so and so to live. God's greater than that cancer. We'll have a meeting like this morning. We'll have a meeting there and the Holy Spirit falling into place and people screaming and shouting and praising the Lord. And then someone come up and say, pray for me, Brother Branham. I laid hands on them and prayed for them and now go and believe. Now, Now here's what it is. It's easy to feel the power of God to see when you believe it. But then when it comes to the showdown, Are you able to possess the thing that you profess that you have? That's the thing, brother. We've got to get it. We've got to take it. It's ours. But you'll have to fight for every inch. I heard these words in my life. As a doctor screamed in my ears, fight for life. Fight for life. I want to scream to you tonight. Fight for it. I know it's a Thursday night. We've got powerful nights in front of us. But he's here. Mr. Backslider, Mr. Pretender. Fight for life. Esther, fight for life. Hallelujah.
We'll be prayed for one night and the next morning, morning we'll get a bad stomach. We'll say maybe I never got my healing. Have to go through the prayer line again. Oh, you call yourself a child of Abraham? He said if God made a promise, I feel like shouting. If God made a promise, God gave the promise. And you believe it. I don't care what takes place. It's yours. Fight for every ounce of ground that he stands on. Walk over and take it. Take the sword of the law of the word. God's promises is true. Nothing can stop them. They're God's promises. He gave us the promise of that like he did to the children of Israel. The Pentecostal church has come to their Pecatus Barnea. Are we able? Can we do it? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and never. Can we walk up there and take the hold of God's promise and say, it's the truth. I claim it. I own it. God gave it to me. Check the box. Just go ahead and check the box. Go ahead and claim your promise. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Just go ahead and check the box. God gave you the promise. Just claim it. What about your situation? It's not your brother. It's not your sister. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Mariah, can you come and stand? Sister Connie, can you come and stand? Sister Karen, can you come and stand? Sister Joy, Could come and stand. But one day they was on the other side of a miracle. Right. Sister Elena, I didn't forget you. I'm saving you for this moment. One day you was on the other side of the miracle. I'm just about done. If you're getting weary, I'm just about done. Sister Elena, we were with you. Sister Carol, I want you to watch this now. One day, Sister Elena was on the other side of death row. And it's one thing to be on the other side and then to live to tell the story. 
Sister Elena, do you mind? I may be doing something real awkward, but I'd like to walk you to the pulpit. Could I walk you to the pulpit? how to describe it. I feel like 10 million angels are standing on this platform right now. In John chapter 11, there was a man that was placed in a tomb. And they, they complained that he didn't get there in time. But when Jesus came, he told them that I am the resurrection and the life. And he walked to the tomb and he called Elena, Karen, Connie, Joy. He called them by name. Mariah, he called you by name. He called Lazarus by name. We just happened to be on the other side of the miracle. Like Lazarus in chapter 12. And he was sitting at the feet with Jesus. from Japan to sit at a feast with Jesus. And in your prayer, you prayed, I want to see him. That's what you prayed. I want to see him. Isn't that right? You prayed, I personally, I want to see him. It's got to be more than a book. Isn't that right? Well, not only will you see him, but many more will. Could we bow our heads just a moment? Could you? Is it okay, you girls, to stand still just a moment? Brother Jason, you can testify if we never have two services alike. The other day we had a wedding in your church. And it was a wedding that did much healing. Isn't that right? Conviction just keeps coming to you now, sir. Would you just raise your hand to the Lord now and say, Brother Ron, I need prayer. 
I need God in my life tonight. I come up against that little thing and I keep going back over and over again. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Ron, I just keep fighting little habits and situations in my life. Won't you just let Jesus call you from your tomb? I'd like to invite those that's put their hands up just now to walk to this altar and say, God, I need you now. I'd like to make a move just now. Yes. There's a wrestling match that's going on right now. There's a wrestling match that's going on. That wrestling match is will. And God's here to conquer every situation. He's got the answer to every situation now. Could you just be honest and say, Oh God, I want to put down that that little thing that's just just hindered me I don't want to just put it down right now I'm tired of the fights and the fusses in my home I'm tired of the pretending I'm not going to wait much longer just just let him let him talk to you hallelujah now there's nothing more powerful than prayer Prayer is greater than every atomic bomb in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's greater than every atomic bomb in the world. It's greater than every situation right now. A living God that knows how to hear and answer your prayer. The interesting thing is he's waiting to hear from your lips. He's waiting for you to speak to your mountain tonight. He's waiting for you to look at your enemy in the eye and say, we're done. We're done here. I stand for Jesus. I take Jesus tonight. I ask him to feel every fiber of my being tonight. Father, we bow our heads before you now, both in the visible and the invisible audience now. In the name of Jesus Christ, 
A name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every demon in hell is defeated. You defeated him at Calvary. Hallelujah. You took the keys of, of Satan's house. You took his own arrows for his bow. You destroyed his kingdom, Father. God, these are your children tonight. You've directed this meeting. And Satan even tried to stop it even before it began. He knew that this service had great implications for his kingdom. So we stand like Lazarus on the other side of a resurrection. We stand here, hallelujah, cleansed, filled with the Spirit of God and in a witness that this same Jesus is alive today. Now, Father, man, woman, boy, and girl stands at this altar, kneeling, Father, I want to remind Satan he's defeated. As we've walked to this altar tonight, Lord, we've come to see you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that the angel of God would sweep across this audience. Sweep across this audience just now. You're here to meet the needs. And I ask you that you do work. These are your children now. And we thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, touch your children. Touch every young man, every young girl. Touch every married couple in this building. As these ladies of grace stand in this platform now, all that Satan did to try to stop it, he couldn't stop it. And we stand before this audience victorious. And that same God that stands here as a witness now sweeps across this audience now. Lord, you're greater than every situation. Take note, Satan. Be careful now. You have, to represent, you have to recognize who we represent. And we come in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Your kingdom is coming down. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray.